When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. You're listening to episode 48 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast. You are listening to the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a show about living simply and sustainably with your family. Here's your host, Stephanie Safarian. Hi there, welcome back. On today's episode, we are talking about one of the less discussed benefits of low waste living, and that is saving an awful lot of money. Now, the reason is really quite simple. If you aren't constantly shelling out money every month on disposable products like napkins, plastic bags, sponges, all beauty products, et cetera, et cetera, you'll naturally have a lot of money left over. My guest this week is Natasha Casanario. She is a fellow blogger who's here to talk about the zero waste swaps she's made in her own life, as well as all the money she's saving as a result. She's here to demystify sustainable living because she talks about the changes she's made in practical, realistic terms. I love that Natasha doesn't sugarcoat anything, but she also doesn't make anything she's doing seem too unattainable either. Now, you'll hear Natasha say that there are 40 common items most of us purchase monthly that she simply no longer spends money on. But due to time limits, we just couldn't even attempt to cover all 40 of these items today. So that's where the show notes come in, which you can find at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 048, mamaminimalist.com forward slash 048. Now here's the important part. This week's freebie is hands down the most amazing freebie I have ever offered. And thank you to Natasha for making it. It's 12 pages, 12, of all 40 swaps Natasha has made in her own life that actually work, and we're calling it the ultimate list of sustainable swaps because it really is ultimate. It's kind of like a zero-waste Bible in many regards, and it's amazing, and it's free. So again, thank you, Natasha, for making it and offering it up for $0. That's there in this week's show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash zero four eight. Enjoy the interview. Hi, Natasha. Thank you for coming on the podcast. How are you? Hi, Stephanie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing really well today. How about yourself? I'm good. Thank you. I was caught in my tracks as I was searching Pinterest and I came across your article, Things You No Longer Buy as a Low-Waste Minimalist. And it just 
the title, the headline, like everything about it was just wow. And when I clicked on your article, there were 40 things that you no longer buy as a low waste or a sustainable minimalist. Now, before we even get into that list and all the money you're probably saving, I need to know all about you and your minimalist journey. Minimalism kind of slid in after I discovered the zero waste movement. I was actually reading an article on Facebook a few years ago, and I encountered an article about a woman who kept all of her trash from a whole year in a jar. And at the time, that was just completely incomprehensible. I could never think about doing anything like that. But I was so curious about it that I just kept reading. And it turns out there's this huge network of people who spend their time trying to simplify and trying to think of all the ways that they can need less and be happy with what they have currently. And from there, I discovered minimalism and I was super taken by it, um, especially YouTubers. They, um, they really pulled me in and showed me this way of living that was so counter to the way I was raised. And it's given me so much, so much space in my life. Um, it's kind of hard to describe. I just feel like I can breathe a little easier now. Yeah. It's so interesting to me that you found the low waste movement first and then minimalism second, because for me, it was the complete opposite. I was overwhelmed and stressed and minimalism came into my life. And as I was minimizing, it really forced me to look at all the stuff I had mindlessly purchased or consumed. And the logical next thought was, is this all going to a landfill? That's when the low-waste living came in for me. So I love hearing about different people's journeys on the same path. But I'm wondering, why is it, do you think, that low-waste or zero-waste living and minimalism are so closely connected? I think it's the thought of simplification. With minimalism, the thought is gratitude for what you have right now and not trying to buy new things to fill the holes inside of us, like the emotional holes. And, you know, if we buy this one thing or we dress in a certain way, maybe we'll, people will perceive us a certain way or we'll feel better about ourselves. And, and that's not true, as we all know. <laughs> and um, I think that that thought of simplification is really tied up with um, zero waste for me, at least, because it, it's all about simplifying. And so with minimalism, I need less. And with zero waste, um, it transferred over to me because it made me consider all aspects of my life and all of the ways that I consume. And food is something that I consume every day. And also just noticing the packaging that I'm throwing away every day, or I was in the past. And so I think for me, the root of it is just simplifying in all areas. And that even goes as far for me as um, how I eat. So I even simplified like my menu every day just to reduce my stress and reduce the amount of ingredients that I need. Mm. Yeah. I've heard it said before. I can't take credit for it, but it's totally true. Sustainability starts in the kitchen. Um, food is one of those things that we eat every day, of course. And um, the kitchen is the source of so much waste and so much 
mindlessness because we go to the store and we see the prepackaged stuff. And so we think, oh, that's simple. So we purchase it. But you bring up an interesting point, which is that simplification doesn't have to be in terms of extra packaging or prepackaged junk. It could be cooking with less ingredients. That's simplification. Yeah, absolutely. When I started on this path, I really took a good look at all of my habits and I just saw where I could um, just lessen my needs, basically. It was sort of like a mindset shift in a way. I used to feel like I needed more and more and I let my food cravings get the better of me and, you know, my desire to dress really cool. And and I just... Uh, listening to people who found a lifestyle that gave them so much fulfillment, it was really appealing to me because while I was consuming so many things and spending all of this money and creating a lot of trash, I wasn't very happy and I didn't feel very fulfilled. And I actually just felt really overwhelmed. And it wasn't until I kind of started simplifying all areas of my life, including um, my waste, that I I felt like I had a little bit more purpose and also that I had more control. Hmm. I hear that so often. I have talked to a lot, a lot, a lot of people in the low waste movement, and they all say the same thing, which is that they feel like they have more control. Yeah, I bet it. Yeah, it's just fascinating to me. Now, I would love to do a complete pivot and talk about the 40 things you no longer buy as a low-waste minimalist. But before we do, I just have to ask you, are you saving a ton of money? Yes, I am. Um, I don't skimp on nutrition or anything like that. I just keep it as basic as possible. So I don't really buy anything but food these days. So my bills are really just food, gas, you know, and rent and electric. But um, beyond that, I don't really buy anything anymore. And I save a ton of money, but I also don't need to make as much money. And another thing you mentioned in this article that really just stopped me in my tracks was that when you personally are, let's say, in a store thinking about buying something, you pause and you kind of equate the price tag of that item with the number of hours you would have to work to buy it. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So all of us, you know, we have to work to sustain ourselves. And a lot of us, um, at least for me and the people that I've spoken with, have felt a certain amount of resentment for having to spend those hours like away from home and our families. And it kind of dawned on me at one point that all of this extra cash that I was spending that I didn't actually need to spend, it was it just represented wasted time that I could have been spending creating art or snuggling my dog, you know, and it just makes me a little bit more mindful of how I spend my money, but also where I put it. Money is kind of like voting and I don't want my money or my votes to go towards um, companies who create create a lot of pollution and a lot of waste. And I would rather my money go towards products that are in more alignment with my values. I love that. It's so true. But I want to push you a little bit further on the spending time. 
working to buy X item. And I'm, and I'm doing this deliberately because I hear so often in my personal life that low waste living is more work. And I'm going to give you an example. Just the other day, somebody close to me in my life who I think I may have convinced her to get rid of the paper towels and get rid of the paper napkins and use cloth napkins and rags as a swap, uh, she said to me, she's sick of doing all the extra laundry. And she said, it takes up too much time. So I guess my question here is, are you saying that you could spend time working to pay for a disposable item or spend time managing your low waste swaps? Or is the third answer potentially that low waste swaps when done right aren't so much extra work and time. I think that initially the transitioning towards a more sustainable lifestyle can be extra work. Absolutely. Um, Especially if you're spending the time to sew your own cloth bags and whatnot. And like you said, with your friend who's, who's doing, spending a lot more time doing laundry and, and all that. So it can be more time for sure. But for me, once I had all of my systems in place and I got used to my new processes, I found that it was about the same amount of time as before. I just had to practice at it. Yeah, I would totally agree with that from my own life. It's There is definitely an adjustment period with anything, whether it's starting to compost and you now have an extra thing to do, which is bring it to the compost bin, or start washing rags instead of using disposable paper towels. There's definitely an adjustment period. But once the adjustment period is over, it's in the fabric of your life. It's part of your daily routine. There's nothing that's extra work about it. Would you agree? I Absolutely. It's, it's exactly the same as before to me. I can't even remember doing it a different way. So for me, it, it works really well. Um, and I don't really spend any special extra time anymore. But I definitely did in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now on to your list of 40 items. We cannot talk about all 40 items today because it'll be a six-hour episode, but we will definitely talk about some of them. And for the ones we don't get to, I just want to thank you for the amazing free principle you made for this episode. My guests usually knock it out of the park with their freebies to accompany their episode, but this one is 12 pages long. You give swaps for absolutely everything. You give recipes. It is just hands down to you amazing. So thank you. Absolutely. I had so much fun putting it together. I for me, just getting the message out there and the information out there is such a delight. And if it helps anybody, I'm super glad. Oh, well, it helped me. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Great. All right. So I'm going to talk, I'm going to ask you about some swappable items that I'm most commonly asked about. And the first one is sponges. How did you get over the disposable sponge problem? So actually, my old roommate introduced me to this before I was even um, into the zero waste movement. And it's simply just using dish rags. I keep a uh, a little stack of, and I color code my rags, by the way. So I know which ones are for my dishes, which ones are for cleaning, that kind of thing. So, 
anything I use on my toilet is definitely not going to be used on my dishes. Um, and that was step one for me is color coding my rags. So wait, how do you do that? Um, so I actually just went to the thrift store and I got a bunch of a stack of like white dish rags. And so my white ones are for stuff like countertops and dishes, that kind of thing. And then um, I have brown ones that I use for cleaning. So a little dirtier stuff. Got it. Okay. And I will say from my personal experience, I tried to go sponge free. And so this is such a rookie mistake. I saw online some seller was selling these like silicone sponges that last forever. Don't buy them, listeners. Don't do it. Don't do what I did. <laughs> no, I spent money on plastic and they do last forever, 450 years to be exact, but they do not clean your dishes. So a good old fashioned rag, it sounds, is the way to go. Absolutely. Yeah. And late, and just recently, I um, so the rags were working great, but I found like I don't know if my husband left some egg on a plate. It was really hard to get off. And so um, I went ahead and I purchased also a bamboo dish brush with a interchangeable head. So this is actually a low waste option, not a zero waste option, but it is compostable. The handle you can totally keep reusing and um, the dish brush itself, you can just take the head out and put in a new one once it gets gross. Maybe after you can email me where this is from and I'll link to it in the show notes because it sounds phenomenal. All right. And moving on to another low waste item that I am asked about all the time, and this is for the ladies. It is menstrual products. So we're going to get super (laughs) personal, but I'm wondering what works for you? I personally use a menstrual cup. I used to use pads for the most part, but um, I was just so sick of all the trash that I was accumulating and having to keep buying them. and It just wasn't working so well for me. So a girlfriend actually introduced me to menstrual cups and there is such a learning curve with these. It was really awkward and, you know, it's very like very personal. <laughs> so you have to get up close and personal with yourself. But um, I think that's a good thing. And anyways, it's pretty easy to clean. They use, they last up to 10 years and um, they come in a little bag. So if you're on the go, you can just pop it in there and deal with it later. But um, for me, that's been a game changer, especially when I'm out hiking or camping. Um, I don't really need to bring anything but my menstrual cup. So I have so many questions. <laughs> sure, go for it. The first one is I have read that different brand cups work better for different women. Was there a trial and error period for you or did the first one you try work? And if would you be comfortable recommending that brand? Oh, absolutely. So um, I'm actually one of the lucky few that the first one I tried worked for me. And I use the Moon Cup currently. And it's been just great. Um, <laughs> I can't sing enough praises about it. It's it's just such a different a different experience, and um, I would highly recommend it. I know a few of my friends have had to go through a couple brands, and um, almost all of them have settled on one that they like. But depending on just the shape of your uterus and your cervix and all of that, you might just need to try a different few brands. But I would say don't give up and just keep going for it. And hopefully, one will one will work. Okay. Another question is, is it comfortable? 
It was not at first. Um, I actually had, there's a little stem that comes down and it kind of helps to remove it. And I actually just trimmed the stem off and it became a lot more comfortable. Huh. So I think it depends on your personal physiology too. Um, but I can't, I can't tell it's in at all. In fact, sometimes I will forget and have a panic moment of, oh my goodness, I forgot that was there. <laughs> and for women listening who just have no interest in menstrual cups, just a friendly reminder that there are also washable pads for our monthly gift as well, if that's an, an option that may appeal. But one final question I have for you with regard to menstrual products is, well, I guess it's not so much to question is one final comment I have is just by switching to a reusable menstrual cup that lasts for 10 years alone, you are saving so much money because tampons and pads are exorbitantly priced. They really are. And I think, I'm not sure if they still have a luxury tax on them or not, but um, (laughs) that makes them just a little bit more expensive in some states. Okay, so your final word on menstrual cups, I think what you're going to say is to w- women everywhere to go for it. Is that right? Totally go for it. Give it a try. <laughs> They're pretty cool. Okay. The third thing I wanted to ask you about in terms of swapping out trash producing items and replacing with zero waste options is beer and alcohol. I was so interested when I saw beer on your list. What is your solution? I actually just um, refill a growler at the bar. Uh, If you've never heard of a growler, it's kind of like a a big, big glass jar, and it'll fit maybe about four pints of beer in it. So I have about three growlers here at home, and we simply just take them to the bar, and bartenders will absolutely know what to do. They're pretty, pretty normal thing. If you don't have a bar in your area, there's a lot of beer and wine shops that also have beer on tap where you can refill a growler. The last swap you mentioned was toothbrushes. And I know on the internet, there's an awful lot of talk about bamboo toothbrushes. My husband and I and my children, we all now have bamboo toothbrushes. And the the swap was so easy and simple. But my question is, if you are a vegan, which I believe you are, how do you get like what it what is the bamboo toothbrush solution for you because the bristles are either plastic or are they i believe is is it pig hair yes so the completely compostable zero waste option is bamboo with boar hair and the one that i have is unfortunately made out of nylon number 6 the bristles are so it's not 100% zero waste but um if i remember correctly the nylon number six will eventually degrade, unlike um, straight plastic, but I'll definitely have to double check that. So there's no option that's vegan and zero waste when it comes to toothbrushes? Unfortunately, not at the moment. Um, my dish brush has bristles that are, I believe, made out of coconut fibers, if I'm remembering that correctly. Um, huh. And I haven't found a toothbrush with similar fibers. So at the moment, I think that's what we've got. I uh, I have a poor, sad electric toothbrush that I just leave under my cabinet forever. And <laughs> unfortunately, there's no option for electric toothbrushes either. But. Mm-hmm. 
Well, just going back real quick to the brushes with the nylon bristles, which is what I have. When the when it's time to go, I just snap off the uh, wooden part, compost that, and then throw out the bristles. So that is absolutely certainly better than the plastic toothbrush, correct? I think so too. And unfortunately, sometimes, you know, we have to brush our teeth and we have to do it well, of course. So um, sometimes you just have to take the low waste alternative instead of the zero waste. And um, I feel like it's really important to none of us get down on ourselves for the options that are available to us right now. Maybe in the future, we can hope for a better option. Absolutely. I want to ask you quickly about a couple things that you now go completely without. So there's no swap available, if I'm reading your list correctly. The first one I'm wondering is how you do without is printer ink. I just don't print anything, actually. I um, I just kind of done without paper in my home. I, I found that if I had any paper around, it would just inevitably end up on any surface that I have. And it kind of stressed me out because I would never want to go through it. So I actually just don't print anything anymore. Not hard. Yep. <laughs> and and I'm not a student anymore. So if I was a student, that would be a totally different issue. But um, now that I'm not in school, it hasn't come up yet. Hmm. And another one, going back to food, is packaged junk food. Do you just never buy junk food or... I just make my own. What I basically do now is to make my food more, more low and zero waste. I, I focus on buying ingredients instead of already assembled products. So for the junk food, I will go to the bulk section and I'll get raisins and, you know, chocolate chips and anything that I want and flowers. And I'll just make my cookies at home or what have you. The only thing I've struggled to actually replace is chips. (laughs) I cannot make delicious chips at home, unfortunately. So about once a month, I will splurge. But for the most part, I make my junk food at home. I definitely still eat junk food, though. I can imagine that your cook at home rule also goes for the salad dressings, the marinades, if you're marinating anything, all those items that come in packaging and that are also key point really marked up because they're pre-made. Yeah, that's correct. And I I save a lot of money because if I just buy a few oils in bulk and a few other things in bulk, I find that I can make a ton of different sauces out of just the few same ingredients. And it really simplifies things too. Right. Keyword simplify, because I know some listeners here are probably listening and thinking to themselves, she makes all her own junk food. She, How is that possible? I'm busy. But you do it in a simplistic way. If you could maybe tell us a little more about your routine so we don't all get stressed out and turn the podcast off. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It, yeah, it, it's a lot less complicated than I make it sound. Basically, my snack foods are so simple. I get just plain popcorn kernels and I'll I'll make a pan of popcorn and that takes maybe three minutes or so, three, five minutes. Maybe once a week, I do also do food prep. And I know everybody talks about food prep and it's taken me a long time to get around to it. But um, unfortunately, I'm just one of those people that I just, if there's nothing convenient, I just won't eat. So I have to make sure to cut up a bunch of veggies in advance and 
I make up maybe a batch of granola in advance. And I just do all of this maybe in about two hours a week or so. And if I just make sure to schedule that time and I I don't um, skip out on spending that time, then I'm set up for success for every week. Right. And you're not caught off guard and you're not caught hungry, I think is the key, right? Right. Because that's definitely in the past been one of my shortcomings is that, you know, I'll be like at work and I'm just starving and I didn't plan ahead and I just have to buy food because I'm hungry. And, um, you know, that happens to us all, of course, and that's fine. But planning ahead has been super key in actually helping reduce my waste. Well, we unfortunately only got to talk about, I think it was seven swaps, seven items today of your list of 40, but I will absolutely link to your original post on this topic. And for anybody listening who wants to know about the other 33 things, definitely check out this week's freebie because again, Natasha hit it out of the park. Where can listeners get more of you online? Um, that's going to be at hestiaspeaks.com. H-E-S-T-I-A. She's actually the um, the Greek goddess of the, the hearth and the home. So that's where that comes from. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> I love that. I will link to your website in the show notes as well. But Natasha, thank you so much for giving your time and more importantly, all of your wisdom and your hacks. You have really offered a ton of benefit. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Stephanie. It's been so fun. I so hope you enjoyed all that zero waste wisdom from Natasha. And don't forget, if you want to know about all 40 of Natasha's sustainable swaps, Grab it in this week's show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash zero four eight. Now, on next week's show, we are outlining the nuts, the bolts, the rules, the helpful hints, and more of our No Spend January Challenge, which starts on January 1st. That's right. There's a free challenge group coming up. It's an entire month of intentionally not spending money on anything optional. Next week, I'll give you all the details about the free challenge group and how to sign up. I will see you then. Take care.